Welcome to a message by Highway Christian Community. Highway Christian Community is a church in Pinetown pastored by Steve and Janet Wheeler, whose vision is to make disciples. You can visit their website at www.highway.org.za. We hope that today's message enlightens the eyes of your heart to know the goodness of God and awakens you to live your God-given purpose. Enjoy. Well, good morning and welcome to you. If you're watching at 8 a.m. or 10 a.m. or 12 a.m. or 5 p.m., you're going to be receiving the word from the leadership here at Highway. And we are making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit amongst the community through fellowship and relationship and staying connected. But what we do here in these 35 minutes is we try to just build you up from the Word of God so that you may be equipped. I can't, can't believe that Christmas has already come and gone. It's like just been this flash. Never a Christmas like 2010. And I hope we don't have one like that. You know, hats off to the government that they didn't close Christmas. And they've taken every effort now to make sure people abide by the, uh, by the rules of, of hygiene, etc., Staying at home, working at home where possible, closing churches, like we've done for the month of January. But the Word of God is not closed down. And I just feel, you know, in the same way that Christmas is a story that captures so much, it was so unexpected. I mean, the census that Herod called for was so random. And here's this pregnant lady without a medical aid, uncomfortable, compelled to go to Bethlehem. She wasn't prepared for it. There was no certainty. She was deep into her pregnancy and didn't know when the child would arrive. But there was an uncertainty when they got there. Would they have a place to stay? No, they didn't. When would the child come? What would the circumstances be? All of this uncertainty, not almost being planned for, not being prepared in the same way that maybe she, she would like to have been. And I, I stopped and I thought about that. I thought, you know, it's true that so many of us are unprepared for what's going on right now. There's not, not a certainty like I can do this and this and next month go, yeah, and the following month. Our planning is subject to this, this demonic virus. Our uh, certainty has been replaced with an anxiety and, and people are feeling it. But I want to go back to Mary and I want to go back to the uncertainty she faced and being unprepared and unplanned and not knowing what was around the corner. That is, Jesus showed up. Jesus arrived in the midst of this uncertainty. And for me, that is the hope that's held out in Christmas story. Your uncertainty your feeling unprepared and unplanned for, your lack of being able to, to know what next month holds, could this be the perfect place for Jesus to show up in your life? So, at the same time, I'm aware that there are families that are going through financial challenge, there are some that are not well, and would you 
as a family watching us this morning, would you agree with us in this prayer? Um, we're going to pray right now and trust for healing in yes. your house and for breakthrough in Jesus' name. Lord, we come and we bring families to you that are facing such perilous, challenging, uncertain times. In the natural, it looks like everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. But Jesus, this Christmas, we reminded that you showed up in that environment, right there in the most unexpected place. And we declare it over these households. We declare it over your job that you, 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 you're facing uncertainty about. Your, your health, your, your friend, your family, your partner. Right now, we just pray for shalom peace to show up in your home. We declare it over you in Jesus' name. Stay with us for the next 30 minutes. Donna's going to share a prophetic word that I believe can inspire and encourage you. Thanks for being with us this morning. God bless. Thank you, Steve. So, church, it's good to be with you, even though it's online and uh, just in your homes, in the intimate places where most of you gather. And I just want to say just thank you for opening up your homes and just inviting the Holy Spirit right now to just come in and to dwell amongst you, to be with you, to rest upon you. Because he promises never ever to leave you, never to forsake you. And I just want to start off by saying that when Steve asked us to, to preach coming into the new year, my first point is always, Lord, what do you want to say to your church? What do you want to say to your body? And is there a message for the world if the world is watching? And he gave me a scripture from Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, verse 11. And it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Now, for many of us, that scripture is a very well-known scripture. We've seen it on coffee mugs. In fact, um, I got my mom a water bottle this year for Christmas, and it was on the water bottle. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. But it got me thinking, Lord, that scripture was given so many years ago to the Israelites in a place where it wasn't so wonderful. And the more I started looking at it, the more I started realizing, do you know what? Tough times come. The Lord says in this word, in this world you will have trouble. But he says, take heart, for he has overcome the world. And the truth of the matter is, is that we all go through stuff. The world is going through what Steve said just now, it's demonic in every sense of the word. And I'm not just pulling on that because I'm thinking it's what it is. It is truly that. 
I woke up on Christmas morning and I was not feeling great. One o'clock in the morning, I was walking around my house saying, devil, on all the days you choose to attack me, it's on Christmas Day. And I was battling with fevers. It was a horrible Christmas morning for me. And the more I dwelt in that, the more horrid I felt. The headaches were coming. The nausea was coming. Everything that's supposed to come with this horrible thing. And I started realizing, do you know what? The devil is like a, a lion. He roars around seeking who he might devour. Okay, that's what the Bible says. But we have a savior. And no matter what you're going through and no matter how you feel, I'm here to tell you it doesn't take away from the cross. It doesn't take away from his word. It doesn't take away from who he is as our Lord and our Savior, as King of our lives, as Lord of our lives. And I just want to speak whatever you're going through, whatever situation you're in, whatever mountain you're facing, whether it's financial or whether it's, it's sickness, whether it's marital problems, whether you're anxious about not having a job, whatever those thoughts are, take the scripture. For I know the Lord, he says to you, for he knows the plans that he has for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. You see, we can sometimes diminish our situation down to a worldly standard. But doesn't the Lord say, you're in the world, but you're not of the world? Yes, we experience the things sometimes of this world. We feel what they feel. Our Savior went through similar things. And I can honestly say, I don't think any of us have experienced despair to where we actually bleed blood the way Jesus did. And he is, he is in every way able to identify with our suffering and in every way able to identify with the things that we go through. He's not unfamiliar with pain. He's not unfamiliar with accusations. He's not unfamiliar with friends letting him down and accusing, accusing, accusing tongues coming at him. Do you know, when you look at, at um, the scripture in, in Jeremiah 29, the Babylonian kingdom, King Nebuchadnezzar, had basically come in to Jerusalem and burnt down their city, burnt down their temple, took artifacts from the temple, took the, the, the artisans, their priests, those that were of high family standing orders, took them back to Babylon, into exile. And that scripture that um, Jeremiah speaks out came after God said to Jeremiah that for 70 years 
70 years they would be in Babylon. And he said to them, 70 years you will be there. Get married, have children, settle down, get businesses, get going. For I know the plans I have for you. You see, God always comes back to it doesn't matter what we're going through. His word will trump everything. We sometimes, we, we get a promise like that, and then we go, is there more? There doesn't need to be more. That is all there needs to be. It's the word of God. And, and I, I feel like, like this is what the Lord has just pressed on me. Is he saying to the church, are you who you say you are? Are you the, the body? Are you the bride? Are you the spotless, beautiful, sinless bride of Christ? Because that's what he's called us to be to this world. And sometimes we get to a place where we, we sit back and we think it's okay. It's okay to wallow in our self-pity. It's okay to wallow in our sickness. It's okay to wallow in, well, the world, is this is it. And it's, tra-la-la-la, so it will be, it will be. No, it will not be. I, I know the God we serve, and he is faithful in all situations. What God is saying to the church, and I believe it so strongly in my, in my heart, is that he's calling for a time of intimacy with his bride. You see, it's a time of my sheep hear my voice and they know me. It's a time of man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You see, when you can shut out the world, when you can shut out the noise and the distractions, because that's what, to me, feels like has been happening. A lot of noise, a lot of distractions, a lot of... We've got, we've got a, a, a virus and we're trying to get medicine to get rid of it and... People are, 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 are like trying with everything inside of them to find an answer for this problem. And God is saying, be still. Be still. Be still and know that I am God. You see, unless you're founded, unless you're grounded, unless you are in this word, then what example are you to the world? Because if you're out there and you're part of the complaining and you're part of the, I don't really care, it's just what it is, it is what it is. Then the Lord is calling you into a quiet place with him. Do you know when, um, when I got sick, one of the, the hardest things I find is because I very seldom get sick. In fact, I don't ever get sick. It was hard for me to, to, to be in bed. But I realized how quickly 
even though I was being forced to rest, I wanted to get up and start doing stuff. And I just felt like the Lord kept pulling me back, and he kept pulling me back, and he just kept saying, come on, be still before me. Get before me. Don't even say anything. Don't even do anything. Just be in my presence. Hear my spirit speaking to you. Someone put it like this once. It's um, if you've got a house and all the doors are open and all the the windows are open and people come and go as they please, and then one day you just shut all the doors, you shut all the windows, and the knocking comes. And the people want to come back in, and they're like, why is he not letting us back in? And it's like that in our minds. Sometimes we've just got to shut out all the noise. And I promise you, when you do it enough, and when you get to a place where it's just you and God, that things are so still. And in that stillness, a revealing of who he, can, of who he is, will come because eventually the knocking and the busy people that used to come by will stop coming by and that house, your mind, will be quiet and then and then God who comes with peace that passes understanding, comes and he rests and he resides and he is within and he begins to move and have his being through you. See, he didn't make mechanical people. He didn't want robots. He wanted a family. He wanted children who would come and sit in his presence and hear what he's saying. Instead, the church has become busy doing stuff. We, we hardly recognize one another. We, 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 we hardly give any time to our brethren of other denominations because we're so different. And yet, are we different? Doesn't that same spirit that dwells in Christ, dwell within us? Is he not calling the body of Christ? Come on, bride. Put your differences aside. Put your denominations aside. The king of glory, he is coming back, and he is looking for a pure and a spotless bride. Put aside the sin that so easily entangles and run with perseverance the race set before you. See, God is looking for purity. And I believe we're in a, in a, in a place where he's going to start exposing the corruption of this world. In the same way, when I looked at, at um, this whole situation with Israel and, and King Nebuchadnezzar, a man who lifted himself up and made it all about him and his kingdoms and how great and mighty he was, and then had an amazing encounter with God. 
that humbled him in such a ma- like an, an amazing way. And I want to I want to read you. For those of you that don't know, Daniel four was written by King Nebuchadnezzar. This evil king who took Israel had his pen put in our Bible. Throw some religious things out the window. But the truth of the matter is, do you know what? It doesn't matter how bad you think someone is. Jesus died for them and he gave his life for them and his love stretches out to them. And if God, even before Christ came, could show so much mercy to a king like King Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar said this in Daniel 4, from verse 34. At at the end of that time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes towards heaven, and my sanity was restored. Then I praised the Most High. I honored and glorified Him who lives forever. His dominion is an eternal dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the peoples of the earth are regarded as nothing. He does as he pleases with the powers of heaven and the peoples of the earth. No one can hold back his hand or say to him, what have you done? At the same time that my sanity was restored, my honor and splendor were returned to me for the glory of my kingdom. My adversaries and nobles sought me out, and I was restored to my throne and became even greater than before. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and glorify the King of heaven because everything he does is right and all his ways are just. And those who walk in pride, he is able to humble We, we are a grace people and, and we know that Christ came for the world. And the, and, and the word says he did not come to condemn the world but to, to show the world, to restore the world, to bring life, to be the savior of the world. But even now, we look around us and, and I think this is where the stirring started coming in me is like, but Father, there are still people, even though COVID has been around for so long, there are still people that know nothing of who you are, that don't acknowledge you, that don't give you the time of day. And, and you see it when you watch movies on, on TV, how many of them use the Lord's name in vain. Do you know what? As much as we are in grace, we serve a righteous God and a holy God. And he says he will expose. But God's intention is never to expose to hurt. His, his intention to expose is to restore. To give people a chance. His mercies are new and he continues to show himself faithful. But right now, 
I feel more than any ever that the church needs to know who they are and they need to be the people that God has called them to be. They need to be the salt of the earth. They need to be a light on a hill. If you are not salty, the Lord says, you're worth for the rubbish bin. I phoned Tam and Mark this morning because I was feeling horrible. I knew I had to preach and I felt this continuous pressing down. And when I put the phone down, I realized, you know, I need to go and put some worship music on. And so I, I put on that song, Do It Again. And it, it's funny, you know, the Lord starts to minister through His Word, and that's why, that's why His Word trumps everything in life. It's because the Word is full of people and situations that have been through tough times. Something that kind of gets me to a place of not feeling so sorry for myself is that I realize, you know what, I'm not the only one sick. I'm not going to be the last one sick, and I'm certainly not going to be going forward the last person sick. But even in that place of not feeling feeling, feeling. And you see, that's the problem, is that most of us go around with feelings. We take these feelings and we let them govern us, what we, what we want to say, what we want to do, how we feel. Daniel, the Bible says that when they bought food to him to eat in Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom. They were trained for three years. And they bought food, and it says that Daniel resolved in his heart. He resolved not to eat that food. He resolved, you see, because for him, it was not an option to feel or allow himself to, to feel the way everybody else felt. Can you imagine for a moment, just imagine, your, your family have been taken from you, many of your, your brothers and sisters killed. You've been moved off to a, a land by a king, an evil king, who's now going to train you to serve him. And in ourselves, we, we, we would battle with unforgiveness. We would harbor resentment for this king. And yet it says, Daniel resolved in his heart. Is this word, is the Bible the beginning and the end for you? Can you, can you say with absolute that it doesn't matter what the enemy throws at me. I know the answers that lay in this book. And I know his promises are yes and amen. 
And I know that my trials and my tribulations, they too will pass. And I know that no matter what happens in this life, God is on the throne and he is not caught off guard wondering what in the world to do with the world right now with COVID. You see, we want to know tomorrow. We want to know the plans that he has. And so we get anxious because how long is this going to carry on? How long are we going to be like this? How long are we going to have to wear a mask? And I, listen, I'm not speaking that I don't go there. I, I chatted to Steve before this. Those, all those feelings, they are real. And they come at you like a flood. But you know what? Every time, every time the devil throws something at me, it's like the word comes out. Because I know when he comes in like a flood, the Lord says he will raise up a standard. He will raise up a standard. Not me. He will. This far and no further. What is the standard in your life? Is he God in your life? Is he ruler and savior over you when you sit in your TV? And when this finishes, what do you put on? What are you watching in your home? I want to challenge you. Do you know the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Do you know that the Bible says that there is a company of believers, a cloud of witnesses that are watching you, everything you say, everything you do. They're urging you on. They're saying to you, come on, run that race. Let the words of your mouth, let the meditations of your heart be acceptable to the Lord because he is good. Do you know, I love the book of Jeremiah. I love that account of what happened. But what was more beautiful to me and what people don't often re read, after it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And listen to this. Then you will call upon me. Then you will call upon me. And come and pray. Not sit idly doing nothing, not watching TV for hours on end. No, you will come and you will pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and you will find me. When you seek me with all your heart, with all your heart. You see what Daniel and his friends, as beautiful and as amazing as they were, and as excellent in their service to a king that was so evil. They honored God. They, they loved him. They were put in, in, a, in a den with lions, thrown into the fire, and we quiver because of a virus. Come on, guys, there's more to this life. Don't allow the enemy to be bigger than he actually is because he, he's like a mouse with a big mouth. 
and he's shouting. In Jesus' name, silence him. Silence him. Do not speak in your home. Do not be welcomed in your home. Jeremiah wrote in Jeremiah 31. I will put a law in their hearts and write it. I will put a law, sorry. I will put a law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will a man teach his neighbor and a man his brother saying, Know the Lord, because they will know me from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Hebrews chapter 10. In the book of Hebrews, he talks about the same faith, the same truth, the same Jesus that, that Jeremiah spoke about, that the prophet spoke about, and there are so many shadows of it, of, of it in, the, in the Old Testament, and yet comes into the New Testament. And this is what I want to leave you with today, is that God is interested in you, an intimate relationship with his bride. How can a husband get to know his wife if they do not spend time in the same room together, talking to one another, Be still and know that I am God. God wants a church who knows him at a time when the world needs the church to know him, at a time where the world needs a light. He needs you, the body, the bride of Christ, to stand up and be the light he's called you to be. Jesus is our hope and he is the only hope and the only answer for the world today. Go and be a witness. Go and tell others about who he is and how good he is. And let that love shine forth out of you because you, bride of Christ, you were made to shine. Be blessed. Amen.